You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go. What's up, guys, and welcome to Podcast BXN, episode 186. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado and artist extraordinaire, Roshan Warner, at Roshan. Oh my god. (laughs) so sorry. I thought that was going to be a quiet one. Hi. Oh my god. For everyone that was at home, perfect timing. Yeah, that was not row. Just to be clear, <laughs> that was the most disgusting thing I've ever done. I'm so sorry. Oh, oh my god. god! And uh, the the most disgusting thing ever, I guess, came from the DMZ daddy, the Tarkov Teletubby himself, Gage Dempster at Gilbo Biggins. Hell yeah, brother! What's going on? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, uh, Christian is not joining us this week, but he will return. <laughs> Kirk uh, is laughing in, in the chat. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Kirk, as always, joining us in the chat. And thank you to everyone else joining us in the chat and participating as well. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on youtube.com slash at podcast PXN and twitch.tv slash podcast PXN as well. The topic of the show this week, guys, is our Mario movie reviews. It'll be interesting because I didn't realize Christian isn't here, so we may not uh, we not, may not get as much flack, you know. I don't know. Did uh, who who's all seen the Mario movie? I uh, think it's only actually. Oh, <laughs> it's only you. All right. Well, but I could. You know, I've, I've done research. I can yeah. imagine that. I've seen it. I oh. that I saw it. Well, we might oh, have to make a pivot in the middle of this episode. Well, okay. the title is okay. Mario. Let's, ah. let's just get wild with it. Let's just fucking see where the wind takes us. Yes. Let's just see. let's just open the sails and see where <laughs> see where we go. This is going to be great. God damn it. Christian suggesting talks on the show. How dare he? I think that's what screwed me up. He suggested it and then he's not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's why you thought he was on today. Yeah. Yeah. He was sabotaging. He's like, I'm not going to be there. What do I give a shit? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. All right. Well, but first, guys, the show (laughs) always starts with the quick bites. So let's go ahead and jump right in. The first item on our quick bites, guys. Ubisoft has announced uh, X Defiant Showcase coming on April 13th, which is, of course, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, for anyone listening after the fact, at 10 a.m. Pacific time, so make sure stay tuned for that, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll, see. we'll yeah. see about that. There's a busy day tomorrow. I think there's some other items in, in Quick Bites where there's some other showcases. Yes. I, I believe. But yeah, X Defined is one of them, I think, yeah. <laughs> yes, and you All know right. what? I might as well just go over those because I oh, yeah. stupidly put this together and forgot that that was at the top. So I should have so, moved it together with the other ones and I didn't. So before we move on to the next one, I do want to yes. I do want to just jump on this whole X Defined thing. Yeah. Um this is this one's a bit interesting. I I Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. It's <laughs> I trying to I trying to I'm trying to see how I navigate this carefully. I was Let's say under the impression that 
Um, this this wasn't in development anymore. Not necessarily. It's not that. Let's just say I had a chance to play this game a long, long time ago. Okay. And it was really not great at all. And that was kind of the impression that a lot of people had. Uh, it seemed like a total cash grab. But about a month ago, a month or two ago, uh, Tom Henderson had an article that I guess he had either seen firsthand or was talking to people. Apparently the game's come quite a long way, and they've pivoted from... Um, again, according to Tom Henderson, they've kind of pivoted uh, a bit and have made their own kind of little slice of the first-person market. So, like, it, it's very interesting with this one because I'm hearing a lot of positive buzz about this. And, like I said, a year and a half ago, two years ago, was not my experience at all. So I'm curious to see how this shakes out. I might actually tune in for this. Yeah. Okay. I I wish them the best for sure. But like like you're saying, the, the first time we saw it wasn't, like, super set the world on fire not every game does i guess not every game has to i mean um but yeah i'm, I'm interested to see if they they did turn around like they're saying that would be exciting. yeah yeah i i hope they did because it felt yeah it was it, it seemed it seems doa when i played it to be honest yeah. and now now i'm hearing totally different things and like hearing a lot of positive buzz so that's kind of it, just, it seems like it almost kind of seems like what's going on behind the scenes before launch is what happened with rainbow six siege after launch if you know what i mean mm. So I'm curious to see. I'm curious to check out this. Uh, to check this out and see if see how this game is shaping up. You know what, Glenn? Riddle me this: Why is it every time Daniel Prindle hosts, he has so much trouble, but is the founder? You know what, Glenn? <laughs> That's a, You know what? That is a fair question. I think we need to look into that. Disrespect. <laughs> we should launch an investigation. <laughs> okay. Oh gosh, we should launch an investigation into. Yep. The next state of play that is coming tomorrow as well, guys, for Final Fantasy 16 uh, Thursday as well for anyone listening after the fact at 5 p.m. Eastern time, 2 p.m. Pacific. So at least it's at a different time than the X Defiant showcase and watch it all right. You know, thank God <laughs> we can we don't have to <laughs> we, divvy up our time. Yeah. yeah, between X Defiant and Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> Definitely we can see both of these. And can Ro? I just say? Say. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I know Roe and Christian are very excited about Final Fantasy 16. That's the only thing I was going to say. Yeah, that's why I wanted to stop myself right there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you going to say, Gage? I was going to continue the energy that Roe brought into this, oh. which is just <laughs> now! <laughs> Can we get a state of play about games that matter? No, oh, I'm just kidding. No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, bro. Wow. I'm just kidding. Oh my to to an the same extent, time. I... Yeah. No, I, I, I'm very excited about Final Fantasy 16. And as I said in the chat, like, I don't need to see more. I will take more. Mm -hmm. But I do agree that, like, it would be nice to see some other games right now. We know that Final Fantasy is coming. We know it looks good. What else you got, PlayStation? I'm, I'm, I'm ready yeah. for the next, the next uh, game that you have on the horizon, which is Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man, I guess. Yeah. It's a we don't know. It's a lot more than that, though, right? Like, what's their, right? what's their 2024 yeah. catalog? What's their 2025 catalog? You have no idea. I guess, yeah. And like that's the that's the one thing that you can point to that Xbox does better. <laughs> the Xbox is very good at telling you the things they're working on. They're not very good at getting them out. But oh god, <laughs> um, we know we know what the Xbox catalog looks like in terms of exclusives and first parties for the next two three years. But X, uh, but PlayStation, you're a year behind. I want this. I want this big conference. I don't give a shit about cloud or strife wow. or fucking oh, or 
Anifa or whoever else that anyone might be, I want to know where yeah. is Miles? Where's so Miles and where's Peter? Send your hate mail to at Gilbo Biggins on Twitter. Do it. Do it, please. Honestly, I need I need a sparring match. I just need somebody to just come and uh Eric asks if Final Fantasy 16 is an MMO or a standalone game. I believe it's a like uh yes. third standalone. person. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, Final no, Fantasy, no so it's both and neither at the same time. <laughs> it's like Final Fantasy Remake, uh, Kirok. It's a single-player RPG. But it's by the same people who made the MMO. Uh, the writers are doing the story from Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. Excellent. And you know what else is excellent? The breath. Oh, I almost oh. said Breath of the Wild. Whoops. Uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is getting a live stream tomorrow to show off the final pre-launch trailer for Tears of the Kingdom. And it, of course, is again Thursday, this time at 10 a.m. Eastern time, 7 a.m. Pacific. So bright and early, uh, we get our final trailer. Exciting. Very exciting. My favorite trailer, one of my favorite trailers from video games is the Breath of the Wild trailer. And I think, uh, well, not just anyone, but the the last one that they did before it released, it was so hyped. The music was fantastic. Oh, and I'm wondering if that's going to top it. Um, I think it can. I'm very excited. This is probably going to be similar to the one that I'm thinking of, where it's a little bit longer and it's more story-based. So I'm very excited to watch this. Heck yes. Do you think we get any tease of like anything else new that we haven't seen yet? Or do you think they'll just kind of cover everything we kind of saw in that last overview? I think we'll get some little teases in there. It's a three minute long one, a three minute long trailer. I assume that there'll like be some little tidbits that we haven't seen yet. I, I hope. Yeah. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, continuing on Nintendo's train, Nintendo has announced a live event coming to Seattle, announcing Nintendo Live 2023, an in-person event for fans of all ages that will take place in Seattle this September. Experience Nintendo Switch gameplay, live stage performances, tournaments, photo ops, and more. Stay tuned for more details. Very cool. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. like the PSX, I think, from a while back that PlayStation did. And very cool to kind of see this stuff come back. Yeah, I hope that they uh, eventually expand to different states and hopefully countries as well. See this come to like Canada, perhaps, or, you know, other places. I think it's they already not under this name. I don't think Nintendo Live, but I think they do events like this in in parts of Asia already. But uh, I know they've done like live stage performances with like the Splatoon characters before. Um, so it'll be cool to uh, expand that to different places because I know a lot of people are interested in that and just don't have the funds to go to Japan <laughs> yeah. when it happens. So, yeah, I think it's cool to because they have fans everywhere. Very cool. indeed. You know, July 19th, you could come to Kentucky, Nintendo. We're already bringing yeah. people. Yeah. There we go. Come on. We'll bring back. the people. You bring all the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anywho, uh, guys, we've gotten a little bit of a look at what could have been for the the Call of Duty game that never came from Sledgehammer Games. Former Sledgehammer Games senior creative director says in an interview with MinMax that Advanced Warfare 2 was in development before Call of Duty World War 2. 
but it was an executive decision to switch to World War II. Says there was some internal demo level created back in 2015. He also says the first Call of Duty Sledgehammer games was working on was a Call of Duty meets Uncharted type action adventure game and was a third person brutal war experience. This sounds real cool. I think Gage shared this with us in the chat. And uh, yeah, it's, it sounded like it would have been really cool, especially coming from the developers of Dead Space, Glenn Schofield and Michael Condry, who started Sledgehammer. That would have been really cool if uh, if they would have been able to kind of create what they wanted, I guess. Well, for a franchise like Call of Duty, like the, you have one every year. So yeah. it makes me so angry. And first of all, this is yet again confirmation that publishers that own IP do have final say. Like that, like it says here, clear as day, this is an executive decision. The studio had an idea in mind of what they wanted to work on. They came in and said, no, you're doing this. So that that's just a small thing. But that's in case anyone needs to know, like these a lot of these decisions that when games end up terribly it's not really the studio it's more more likely than not it's a like this person puts an executive decision um but it does to get back to my main point it makes me very angry with certain franchises specifically call of duty where um even though there's no official you know it's just one year of support like they have one coming out every year if you decide to let one of your teams do a third person action adventure and people didn't jive with it you could just easily keep on making battle passes for the other one, keep on pumping out content, and people will buy it, and you will make more than enough money. So, very, very unfortunate um, that, yeah, Call of Duty especially, uh, they're not able to experiment like this, because if you have one coming out every year, I mean, that, that would be the perfect franchise in my mind to, to experiment with. It's like, okay, Modern Warfare 2 came out, and then it's like Advanced Warfare 2 is a third-person uh, action adventure game. If again people don't drive with it, they just keep playing Modern Warfare Two. If they do drive with it, then they play that one. And then Black Ops comes out, and maybe that is a different game. And kind of, you know, I, I yeah, this is super unfortunate. And I would love to see um, the studios uh, stretch their wings because a lot of these studios, especially Treyarch, has history doing things that aren't Call of Duty, and they did them very well. That's very fair. They created the original Spider-Man trilogy that a lot of people liked the at least yeah. the first couple. So they did uh, yeah, the second one that everybody loves with the momentum swinging. That was them. That was Treyarch. People forget that. Yeah. Indeed. What could have been? What could have been? Uh all right. The next one. I slightly made I made a slight joke here in, in my notes, but Nintendo hates their fans, guys. No. I don't think they legitimately they do. I don't think they legitimately hate their fans, but they do some things sometimes that you're like, okay, yeah. Uh, Months after he revealed it in a YouTube video, YouTuber Point Crow's Breath of the Wild multiplayer mod is now out publicly, and Nintendo is filing copyright claims against it. This kind of stuff bums me out just because, like, this dude, I'm sure, poured a bunch of effort and work into this to, like, make this work. And, like, it's super cool that he was able to get it to work and everything. And, like, my thing is, is, like, there's nothing hurting your IP from having this out there. Like, I don't see why Nintendo is so, like, their grasp is so strong on this kind of stuff because it's, like... It's a fan-made thing, and obviously if they were selling it, that would be a different thing because y- you can, you know, that has to be taken down. You can't sell the the product, but, like, to have this free for people to check out, 
I don't see the harm in it, and it is a little disappointing, I think. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, yeah, it's just the same. They do this with a lot of fan stuff, and I, I, like you said, most of the time they aren't usually making money off of it. It's just like a passion project that they wanted to put together and share with people. And yeah, I, I, again, it, like you were alluding to, it's it is Nintendo's property, and they they can protect it or not protect it, however they deem to. But they are extremely strict, where other developers just like just aren't very lax about these sort of things, which is kind of kind of sad. I wish Nintendo just kind of, I don't know, got with it. I don't even know if got with the times is the right word, but their, their IP are just so beloved and people love it so much. And I just want to share with as many people as possible. I wish they would just get behind that. And again, like they're not really hurting Nintendo sales in any way. So yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer. But did you guys hear about this? This kind of on Nintendo, this Nintendo uh, spiel that I'm on, but uh a little bit different, but did you hear about Monster Energy trying to sue Pokemon and Monst- Monster Hunter? Oh, like just because they were using the word monster? I think oh they did my it. God. Are you they did it for. Remember when they did it for Ubisoft and uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising, and it was before it was called Gods Mon- and Monsters before they changed ah, the the name. Yeah, and then Monster actually won that, and they and they changed the name to Immortal Phoenix Rising. Now they're go- oh. they they went after an indie game recently, and I think it's still going on or or they lost, or they won. I don't know how that one ended. But after that one was over, they're like, you know what? Feeling, feeling, feeling good about myself right now. They just tried to go after Pokemon. Wow. And and Monster Monster Hunter. I don't think they won that one. I think those were immediately shut down, rightly, rightfully so. But it's just like, what are you doing? You think you own yeah. the word monster? <laughs> like, so Which weird. is super, it's super unfortunate because it leads me to believe in this in the cases where they won, quote unquote, against smaller companies. It's like, yeah. did they win or did they just did the company not have the money to go up right. against monster? Right? Because right. that's ridiculous. If if it was shut down immediately by the other two, that leads me to think that like, okay, well, if it would have if it would have actually gotten to court, hopefully that's it's the same. You know what I mean? Well, like it's the same. If it's just as ridiculous and- for. And usually that kind of thing is like the companies are worried about people confusing the brands, but it's like, how do you confuse an energy drink with a video like, game? What? It's like, uh, I thought there was going to be a monster. Ener- I thought I was hunting monster energy drinks. Yeah, actual right. monsters you, open monster up, you open up a pack of Pokemon cards. You're like, where's my energy drink? I don't understand. <laughs> oh my goodness. Crazy. Terrible. That was wild. I heard about that on the, uh, on skill ups, uh, weekly games news wrap-up that he does on Mondays or whatever. I love, yeah, that was crazy. I just love unchecked capitalism, man. It's just it's great. Insane. Insane. Nintendo, stop, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, Joe Staten, of course, the beloved writer of the original Halo trilogy and ODST and Reach, has announced that he is leaving Microsoft. Uh, this comes on the back of him already pretty much being pushed out of 343 uh, in January by Microsoft because of their layoff situation. At least this is my conjecture, but uh, their layoffs happened and essentially they needed more help on the publishing team. So they're like, Joe, we need you to come back to the publishing team because he was there previously. Uh, and so essentially... You know, now he's leaving Microsoft at on the back of that. My conjecture is because, you know, he was forced into going back to publishing. He really didn't want to do that. I feel like he got like a love of Halo again, going back to or going to 343, working with them. 
because like even his posts on Twitter, like he was always posting about the team and the game and everything else. Uh, so I, I, do, I do think that that um, kind of bummed him out and kind of made him take a step back and like look at what he wants to do next. So disappointing news uh, that obviously he's leaving Microsoft now. Um, but I'll be interested to see what he do, he does next and see uh, see if he does something cool. Um, I'm excited. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, on, on a personal level, I'm excited to see what Joe does, especially because, like you said, he's kind of seems like he has this renewed sort of vigor for creative, uh, the creative side of video game stuff. Um, but it, you could you could say to be a Debbie Downer, I would say to be the realist uh, in the room, just to. Like this again, another worrying uh, mismanagement at Xbox. It just as a company, it seems like this is just a continuing thread. Yeah, or Microsoft even as a whole. Yeah, but absolutely. Uh, Kurek says, "You mean I don't have to pour the energy drink into my PS5? Probably <laughs> wouldn't do that. Probably, no, probably no. not. Apparently not. I mean, I mean." Monster's is really looking out for us, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Make this sure is, we don't this do is that. One. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. All right. Joe, best wishes. But we will move on to Star Wars Jedi Survivor's final gameplay trailer that got released, and it looks hot. I think, Ro, you shared this in the chat first, and I watched it, and I'm just like, hmm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for some Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Yeah, is again. I'm 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 in the same position as I was last week, where I was Fair. like, if it was something else, I may be more into it. Not super on the Star Wars train right about now, but I was like, it was a really cool trailer. I I have to admit that was it was cool. Um, there was like a moment where he used the force to like throw a stormtrooper up at a a flying uh, what are those called? Death? What what are those? I don't even remember what those ships are Tie called. Oh, right? Tie, yeah. Yes, Tie Fighters. Yeah, when he yeah when he did that, that was like that was a cool moment. A couple of other fights uh, that are actual gameplay moments that were cool as well. So yeah, I maybe someday when I'm back into Star Wars, I'm sure that'll happen mm -hmm. eventually. But yeah, right now I'm still not still not super hyped on it right now. And this game looks pretty. I'm I'm just excited to like see the different worlds, see the different visual <laughs> variety. Anywho. We won't be seeing much more visual variety in Media Molecules project of Ooh. Dreams. <laughs> so uh, they have announced the end of support for Dreams that is coming in September. And they have also announced storage limits that they're placing on it uh, coming next month as well. Um, so obviously not great news for Dreams, but they did also announce that they are working on a new project as a result of this. I'm sure they've been working on it already before this announcement, but um, I'll be interested to see what they do next. Uh, disappointing for Dreams. I think this is kind of the same boat that Project Spark fell in with Xbox because that was another really cool creation uh, game type engine thing. Um, but it just fell, it went away because it just didn't get the popularity, I guess, uh, unfortunately. Right. Um, did, is, is this, uh, is Dreams on PC yet or no? No. No, no. Well, not. okay. So similar to our VR conversation yes. last week, uh, Sony, you're shooting yourselves in the foot. Yeah. If you just loosened up your internal sort of ideology on exclusivity, this game would have killed on PC if it came day one. This is exactly the type of entry level. Like, look at Fortnite Creative, right? 
this would have this would have beaten that by what a year and a half i can't remember when dreams actually first came i think more but, than that yeah it might have been two years ago right two three years ago might even be more than that too yeah uh, seriously <laughs> february yeah. of 2020 so okay years. Years. yeah, yeah. okay okay you would have yeah i i it sucks because you're caught between feeling bad for the studio and kind of like well fuck you sony this is what you get for being stupid but you know yeah it, it sucks it, dreams looks like looked like a lot of fun and i i would have jumped into that it, the fact that i was limited to playing it on console is what stopped me from trying it out but uh, this is exactly the type of content creation stuff that I look forward to, and like, like we've seen with Fortnite Creative, a lot of people there is an audience for this, and Halo Infinite Forge, right? Like, right. These are these are systems. I don't, I don't, you can't really call them a game genre, but these are systems that gamers do enjoy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter that everyone doesn't use them. Enough people will to keep the sort of to keep the the rest of the player base happy. Uh, it's just with this one, the console player base is not at all the same as as the PC in terms of wanting to mess around with stuff like that so super unfortunate uh totally avoidable this could have been this could have been fine i'm excited for for what they're doing next though media molecule i I agree with everything that gage says like if if these tools were available on pc that would like that would be huge for that community because i know they love making games over like the rpg maker crowd just puts out crazy awesome stuff that ends up on game of the year list for some people sometimes um, and there are like legit actual great games on Dreams, but like you said, the audience is only confined to PlayStation, so not everybody got to play them. But uh, in the same breath, I'm excited that Media Molecule isn't like done because of this, because obviously it wasn't a huge success, and they still get a chance to do something next, whether that's Little Big Planet or something new. Very excited to to see what they do next because they make some really creative stuff over there. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's bound to be some kind of cool creation aspect to their next game, I feel like, because of their history. So, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, Kyrick agrees with us. Should have brought it to PC. Agreed. Yeah. Just because Kyrick is based, as always. (laughs) But you know who else is based, Gage? You were just talking about Forge and how important that is. Three brand new community-made Forge maps are being inserted into the Community Collection playlist for Halo Infinite. Uh, They announced this, I believe, yesterday. It came with the update that came yesterday. Uh, They are Curfew, Solution, Vagabond. Very cool maps. I played them a little bit yesterday. Um, One of them is like a a really cool like cityscape. It has different like uh, areas. Like there's an arcade. Like he built out arcade machines and stuff in it uh so yeah like these are really cool maps um and i'm excited that we continuously keep getting new maps and this almost is like a mid-season like refresh um of content even if it's not coming from 343 it's very cool that we're getting this so but a new patch guys is coming for the last of us part one or actually already came uh for ps5 not for pc and those issues are still ongoing (laughs) Uh, which we had that <laughs> the we, situation is ongoing. <laughs> we, we talked about it last week. How uh, Naughty Dog uh, was kind of throwing under the bus um, their their development partner, uh, whose name is now escaping me for some reason. We were just talking about it last week, and now I've forgotten. Uh, but anywho, uh, yeah, they keep name dropping them on Twitter, and I'm like. Jesus Christ, all right, enough. Like, you guys can, like, yeah. maybe not keep mentioning them. Like, we're working with them. Like. You know, you know what it is? It's the, um, 
it's for anyone who's ever worked retail, it's kind of like when you're you work in a retail store, especially one that's like part of like a franchise. The store does well, the company's doing well. The store does bad, the team's bad. You know what I mean? It's yeah. one of the, it's, <laughs> it has that same kind of vibe where it's like if this had come out on PC and like was flawless, Naughty Dog would have been like, you know, we just wanted to bring you guys the best experience. We're so happy we were able to do it. But like you said, yeah, as soon as as soon as everything went wide, it's like, oh well, you know what? We and I, I also can't remember the studio, but it's like, yeah, Iron we Galaxy and this studio. Yeah, what is it? Iron Galaxy. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, us and Iron Galaxy, we're both working on. It. Don't worry. It's like one of those things. Where it's like, all right, come on. I totally agree with you though, Dan. I, it's it's been like, it's very blatant almost. Like now that now that you see it, it's like you can't help but notice every time they do an update, they can't. Right. If, it, if it's a negative tweet, Iron Galaxy is in there. <laughs> yeah. They just start start calling out specific employees. Eventually, like fill oh, in the freaking IT yeah. department. <laughs> like freaking put in this bug last week. <laughs> Janine, <laughs> ha- you know what? Janine was supposed to look this over. Guys are really unfortunate. Uh, we're really disappointed as well. But but anyways, back to the <laughs> PS5 patch. The PS5 patch uh, that is coming, or actually already came out. Uh, add some new LE t-shirts that comes from the HBO series, which includes the Mortal Kombat 2 t-shirt from the show, as well as, I believe, a Wire the wire shirt as well. It does, yes. Uh, yeah, so that's really cool that they added those in there. That is cool. I love that. Did you guys... I mean, I guess maybe I, I wonder if like how many of us change the outfits when we replay. Oh. I did like a couple of times. I, I just thought it was interesting. I think this is awesome. But I just like, did you guys change the outfits uh, replaying no, the games? I did no. not. Asia, did so, you ever? Kind, uh, kind of. So because yeah. of the way that my brain works and how right, I'm not, the cinematicness of I'm it. not all there. Exactly. If yeah. I'm playing a game where... Th- I'm not it's not a create your own character game it's an established character I have to I have to keep it cinematic and immersive so I did but I only changed the like I I I started it over and I had like Ellie with her like final outfit like her spring outfit and then I made yeah. put like a heavy jacket on Joel but like all the stuff where it's like yeah the goggles t- uh, yeah no I never I never messed yeah. around with that stuff but Me neither. And I actually stopped doing that because I noticed that it doesn't happen frequently, but if there's cutscenes where the clothes are supposed to move, it doesn't because it's obviously mm. a, it's a different oh. model. So like I was doing that, I was playing through a second time and Lynn was watching me and uh, this was after we had watched the show and it was the scene where uh, uh, Tess is uh, bit and she rolls up Ellie's sleeve, but like she was wearing a different outfit, so nothing oh. happened and oh, Lynn's no. like, well, that's weird, what's happening? I was like, oh, it's because of and then after that, I, I took it off immediately. And I, yeah, so I, don't, I usually don't mess around with that stuff, but it is kind of neat to, to add. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely don't don't mess, especially with Resident Evil 4 remake that I've been playing. Like there's a ton of clothing. No options. cat here, Leon. No, come on. <laughs> it breaks my immersion because like yeah, I'm playing and I'm that. like, why does Leon have blue hair? Like, that's <laughs> no. So. Is there is there any non-immersion breaking alternate outfits for him? Because I haven't beat the game yet. But that's the type of thing where it's like if there yeah. was like a cool camo outfit for him, it's like that's the type of stuff I'll mess around with. But yeah. like I've seen clips of him wearing like the gangster outfit. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not. I'm never gonna. I'm never <laughs> there, gonna do that. There's definitely some really fucking really campy outfits that he has, but there is some like traditional ones as well. That's fair. Okay. Uh, and also there's like accessories like sunglasses. So of course, like you know. There's nothing crazy about sunglasses, but it is a little weird that he's wearing them all the time. A game that takes place almost entirely at night. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So, 
I don't know. Anywho. All right, our last quick bite. Roe shared this with us today. The Australian government is seeking to classify all games with loot boxes as mature, which means, and you came up with this reference, Roe, that Madden possibly could get an, a mature rating over there, which is insane. That would be what? kind of funny, actually. <laughs> Good. You know what? I love this. I yeah. love this. Because that's this is the only way to, to, to get them to get publishers to ease up on this is to start fucking with their money. As soon as yeah. the Madden goes from a T to an M, they're going to start panicking. They're going to start panicking and they're going to sudden we're suddenly going to come up with we might not get rid of microtransactions. I don't think we ever will. But yeah. suddenly you'll start to see alternatives being explored. Whereas if this stuff doesn't happen, uh, it's just going to keep keep on going and going. So I love this personally. I Although, love this. Just to play devil devil's advocate for a second. Will the M rating actually deter people? Because like Call of Duty sells so well and a lot of kids play Call of Duty and that's M rated, obviously. It will. You I think, think so? it will. Yeah. I, I don't think like it, no, obviously, yes. Obviously, kids under 17 play Call of Duty. Right. But there is I think it will affect they'll this is the thing. All it does all all it has to do is affect it in a noticeable way. Right. Mm -hmm. If if Madden if the next Madden game comes out and it's rated M and it sells even 5%, 7% less than the year before, and that's the only difference, that's what makes these executives, as we were talking about earlier, the that's the only thing they care about. So they'll immediately start looking at that. So uh, do I think it'll stop people from playing Madden? Absolutely not. And like, I'm sure there's a bunch of kids out there that will be able to explain to their parents why. There absolutely are parents out there that won't care. They'll see the M and they'll say, no, you're not playing it, because I've worked from working at EB Games, I've seen that. And growing up with strict parents, I had to deal with that. <laughs> but um, if it, all it has to do is affect it enough for executives to notice. And I think it will do that. So I like this a lot. And I think that's totally fair. If you have, if you have a game that's not a one-time purchase and you're able to spend money in that, it should be rated accordingly. Because you, you can have kids you know, using mom's credit card and XYZ. And so I, I agree with this wholeheartedly. I think this is fair, and I think that this will probably have good a good rep, ripple effect. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I what you said about the parents buying Call of Duty, I think I think it'll just be so jarring for those who don't understand and the kids potentially having to explain it. But True. when kids when parents come in and buy GTA for their kids, they know why it's rated M. Yeah. But when they like look at a fifa box and like why the hell is this rated m and then their right. kid will have to explain it to them it's like i'm not buying this but yeah. obviously like you said just like call of duty there'll be parents who will be okay with it but i think it'll just be so much drawing to see that m rating on a freaking fifa game than it is on a on a one with a dude with a gun well, just like wow, ea sports fc now bro. right yeah. i'm sorry wow <laughs> I'm this, this, the sales are just gonna keep going down the yeah. name change the the m rating oh god thanks uh. I, I really would love to hear a conversation between a kid and their parents. Like, no, I swear, mom and dad, it's just rated up because no of loot boxes. It's not, <laughs> yeah, there's no nudity in this. Or, They're like, not killing people in the yeah. soccer field. It's fine. Yeah. Dan, I can, I, I, I have enough personal experience to, to, I, I can give you so many monologues. The only reason <laughs> that I love Halo is the one M game that I was allowed to play. And I, and that took, a lot of convincing mom they're aliens they're just aliens i swear they're just it's they're not real dude like it, 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 <laughs> parents are a thing they're definitely a thing and ro you're totally right even from that like at the checkout counter at eb games just that conversation well why is it rated m 
oh well there's like and then like the parents like oh wait, you have to buy things after you buy it like again it doesn't have to be a crazy number yeah. but like even if it just goes down a little bit if the yeah. percentage mm-hmm. goes down a little bit it's enough that hopefully they'll start rethinking some of this nonsense because the sports games are bad they don't get a lot of negative because the people that play them are kind of like accept it kind of like nintendo fans it's just kind of one of those things where people like are just into it but like man the amount of money you have to spend in these games to have like a chance online is insane absolutely insane kind of like our one street meat item that we have this week Sony has submitted a patent for a deformable controller that can change temperature. That is wild. The patent, which was reported on by Exputer, describes a number of conceptual controller features that would enrich haptic experiences with the help of a soft, elastically deformable sensor component. When placed, for example, on the front of a pad, the sensor would detect when the player deforms the controller by pressing, twisting, rubbing, or turn it, twist it, or crushing it. Uh, The patent also describes the inclusion of a temperature control apparatus that would allow it to make the accessory hotter or colder depending on player input and likely the gameplay situation. So my brain goes to a weird place when I uh, was describing that first part. But yeah, that would be wild. Like just having like a weird feeling like I don't sometimes like i feel like they come up with these things to like try to come up with something different like you know let's get this gimmick or whatever to sell the next console or the next controller or whatever i don't know without using this obviously the haptics and ps5's dual sense controller are extremely impressive so maybe they could make something really cool with this though it sounds like innovation for innovation's sake (laughs) yeah might be too much I, I think hey. it would be cool if you like walk into like a uh, like in Final Fantasy 16. There's like a, a lava area. Oh, um, it would be cool if like your controller heats up a little bit. Would like, that be cool in, though? But your your hands would get sweaty and like your controller might slip That's a little bit. Like if, if if it's like a perfect amount, like you feel the heat, but it's not intrusive to you actually playing the game effectively. I think it'd be it, could, it would be cool, but at the same time, if it's not like extreme, what's What's the point? I guess my hands are already warm. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, make them hotter? But you know, it'd be cool if they could figure it out. It has Here's to burn your hands, game. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the problem with this. Not only is this okay, personal this is just my personal opinion. This is entirely unnecessary. That's one angle of it. And then the other thing is like, can we get can we focus on making a PlayStation controller that lasts longer than five hours before you start <laughs> no. making it a microwave? Like, True. how is this gonna work? In like the controllers are like ah, this is Oh, Jim yeah, Ryan's PlayStation. This is Jim Ryan's PlayStation, everyone. This Good is what Lord. it looks like. Yeah, this will most definitely make the battery life worse. <laughs> yeah, and reliability. I love. I can't. Yeah, I love the idea of elastic. Uh, whatever the whatever fucking gizmo technology you just named off, that's gonna make this work. Like, do but do we need it though? Yeah. Do we need it? This do we last... need to have a mini like dwarf factory inside every controller with like this tiny little Star Trek crew operating everything, or can it just be a controller that vibrates? 
this last part is hilarious too. The combination, the, the the potential of using a combination of magnetic fluid and electric or magnetic fields to change the shape and hardness of the soft spots of the theoretical Bro, controller. I can't wait. I can't wait to take my PS5 controller in for oil changes. That's gonna be great. I love this. This is fantastic. This is great. It's crazy. It's wow. wild. Oh my good lord. I do have another street meet uh, oh, okay. for you, Dan. Yeah, uh, I could just, me. I could just, I could just say it though. It's not yeah. super crazy, um, but in a, internal Sega Japan had a meeting and a video leaked, and the video showed off some Sonic Frontiers uh, gameplay that was looks a lot better than what we got. But within that trailer, there or within that video, there was also footage of the Persona Three remake that has been rumored mm-hmm. as well, and it looked like it was in the same style as Persona Five. So obviously crazy uh improvement there and on the heels of the re-release of persona 3 portable and persona 4 golden it'll be cool to play persona 3 in that uh style because persona 3 portable has some pros and cons to it like there's some limitations to it uh that not everybody wants to play persona 3 that way so it'll be cool that there that the remake seems to be true and as well in that trailer there was a footage of a jet set radio uh three which oh. has a lot of people excited. So people are, yeah. And it seems that that, that leak is uh, true. So we could probably expect uh, announcements of both of those games fairly soon. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are Jet Set fans. So that, that'll be yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's dive into the PXN News of the Week, guys. Resident evil 4 remake has gotten some fixes and also some new updates as well uh there's a new update that has fixed the dead zone on xbox praise capcom thank you thank you uh that was literally my only complaint with resident evil 4 remake was the controls and i'm glad they fixed it of course they fixed it when i was already like over halfway through the game but you know that's fine that's fine i'm happy they fixed it um, so that's a cool little shout out there. But they have also added mercenaries mode, guys, which is kind of like the cool wave based. Um, I'll call it like arcadey mode that they have for Resident Evil 4. The original had it as well. It is awesome. Like I it's played cool it. Fun. Yes, I played it um, the other night when it released um, and it, it is really addicting. Like you you basically just get thrown into these areas. I'm I'm explaining to you, Ro, because I'm sure you you probably haven't. I have not even it. seen this. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I get, haven't played it or seen it yet. <laughs> okay. You get thrown into these areas from the campaign essentially, and then like you just have to survive as long as you can. Like enemies yeah. just keep coming at you from every direction. And yeah. um you can pick up like power ups like uh extra time, um refill like your special meter where you get special abilities. Uh, I have seen this actually. Okay. I did see this on, on the on the Twitter feed this morning. Yeah. yeah. It does look cool. It, it is, looks yeah. It's very I cool. Think, yeah. I think what makes it what makes it cool is that like not not to like jump in and correct you, but it's not true. exactly endless. It's that it's true, yes. It's that it, Sorry. It's like that it's hard it's hard no no, I know it's hard to describe because it's like yeah like that time attack almost like those old school arcade time attack kind of things yeah and it's, it's all about getting the high score and it just if it's it feels fun to play it's just like in in contrast to everything we've talked about on this episode of all this stuff new stuff that we don't like it just feels nice and old-fashioned where it's like i'm gonna jump in 
and see how long I can string these combos together for. And I'm going to play it once or twice and then I'm, just, I'm going to be done with it. Like that, like for that session, like it's just, it's, it's good. I love this. As soon as they added this, I jumped into it and it's, it's so fun. I love this. I love mercenaries mode. Oh yeah. Yeah. And each enemy you kill, you can extend your time. So yeah, it's, it's not endless, but like, and actually I think there is a, a hard cap of a hundred enemies you can't you can't experience more than 100 enemies but like it that's a lot for resident evil enemies for sure it takes a, a lot because some of them are big dudes that take a lot to take them down so yeah very cool uh also we got news that resident evil 4 remake has now sold over 4 million copies worldwide very impressive start for the remake very happy about that uh and it does lend me to ask a few questions, which we'll talk about here in just a second. But first, before that, I also wanted to throw this in here. I love this. Uh, IGN did a little like interview with um, Leon Kennedy's uh, voice actor, which his name is Nick uh, Nick Apostolides. I hope I didn't butcher his last name, but. Um, he did a bunch of uh, lines uh, that essentially got cut from Resident Evil 4 remake, which I thought was really cool. But like hearing this interview, like just made me smile from ear to ear that Capcom casted this guy because he literally talked about how he idolized the original voice actor for Leon from Resident Evil 4 and loved that game. Like it's so cool that they were able to find someone that was so perfect because his Leon is great uh, to basically follow up. Uh, with the great performance of, of the original Resident Evil 4. So I thought that was really cool. I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, That's awesome. Cool stuff. That's yeah. That must be like a dream come true for him. Yes. Yeah. And it's really like in that video interview he did, like it shows that he's like, he was super excited to, to take this role. And yeah. That's awesome. Cool. That's all. Yeah. Genuine, uh, genuine passion in, for people in, in roles like this is, is really, uh, it's good to see. Highly recommend too. Anyone, uh, if if we have any Hot Ones fans out there, to watch the Kieran Culkin uh, one that just went up a couple days ago, because he, about halfway through it, goes on this, what seems like it was cut up, but like it seems like a 10, 15 minute long rant about how he loves Nintendo, and it just, it, it, it's what's coming to mind is something similar, where it's just like, you know, you just seen somebody who's passionate about the thing that they're passionate about, and it's uh, it's wholesome. That's awesome for this guy, though. I love that. I absolutely love that. Absolutely. Uh, oh, I think, sorry, another cool thing from that interview, he talked about, so one of the iconic lines Leon says um, after he leaves the village section, which is right. the very first section of the game, where uh, the camera kind of pans out and Leon says, where's everyone going, bingo? And it's just <laughs> such a perfect line. And he's like, I wasn't sure if they Capcom was going to use it or not because I recorded that line, but I also recorded alternate lines as well. But apparently the director decided to stick with the original line, which I love that because it's so good. It, it encapsulates that game perfectly, like yes. just so campy and so ridiculous, but yes. so good. Absolutely. So on the backs of the selling four million copies, Resident Evil 5 remake, do we think that that could happen? Do you think that they could go back and retool Resident Evil 5 to make it, you know, as good as it possibly because Resident Evil 5 has a lot of hatred because of it going a much more action uh 
uh, focused uh, game than Resident Evil 4 was. Obviously, Resident Evil 4 already introduced some action into it, but I would argue doesn't go like go past the line of uh, too much action like RE5 does. So my, I'm, I'm questioning. Maybe they maybe they redo Resident Evil Five. Like completely. I was gonna say, would you be opposed to that if no. they did? If no. they weren't as faithful, but they kind of took, yeah, like almost as a, as a like like literally a redo, right? Where it's like if they took the formula of RE Four, which even the difference between RE Four and RE Two in terms of gameplay, even though they're both survival horror, is kind of is noticeable. I would say, yes. right? Like definitely much more fluid. Still very tanky. Still made in the RE engine, but still much more fluid compared to RE Two. So it's like. I was saying with this the other day. I think I w- I would I personally would not be opposed at all if they were like we're gonna take RE five the hmm. story the general story of it and we are going to just remake the game with RE 4s gameplay and not bring it up to that next level. Just leave it at RE fours kind of pace. Um, I think that would be awesome because I'm playing RE four and like man this feels good to play. Like again, it's way more fluid but it's still respectful to the old stuff. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, this would be really fun to play with somebody else, which is what got me thinking mm. about Resident Evil 5. And I'm yes. like, fuck, these games, like these new RE remakes would play wonderfully in co-op or in a, in a multiplayer kind of setting. So I, personally, I would love for them to take to take the shot. Now, the only thing is, is like, okay, are we going to get toxic, you know, fanboys and gamers that sort of drown out everybody else's voices by saying, no, if you're going to do it, it has to be exactly like the... Because no, I would love for them to totally redo some of those set pieces and some of those missions, but with RE4's gameplay, absolutely. Sign me the fuck up. That sounds awesome. Heck yeah. I um I don't have much skin in the game because I haven't played most of them. But I from what I've seen online, uh people do want an RE5 uh remake, but I also heard another game, Code Veronica, I think yes. it was called, that people really want them to to do as something similar where they reinvented uh, fix what was broken, I guess, in that game, and keep what, what people really liked about it. Because I, from what I can gather, it was kind of a a very mix. Like people, some people really love it, and some people don't love it as much. Uh, but that was another one that I saw a lot of people saying that they wanted a remake of. So it'd be cool to see if they just keep going with this because they're they're knocking it out of the park so far and just you know reinventing it for this newer generation. Which that totally could happen because. Uh, I couldn't remember, so I looked it up while you were talking. Code Veronica was re released on 360 and PS3, like as like a mm. remaster or whatever, which Resident Evil 4 was as well uh, at that time. So it's definitely oh. a good possibility that they could go back to Code Veronica and do a proper, you know, remake. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Either way, Capcom, keep doing what you're doing because you're oh. doing something right. Hell yeah. Glenn says, who cares? Glenn, we oh. care. Whatever happened to Beyond, Beyond Good and Evil, uh, it's oh, gone. Great question. It's gone, Kirik. <laughs> oh my goodness. I th- it wasn't the last thing that we heard that like the studio was under investigation for something. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was like something bad happened. Like labor or something. Not good at know. all. Not good at all. Not good at all. Just e- Beyond Evil right now. Yes, <laughs> Beyond Evil. <laughs> Get rid of the good. <laughs> Uh, boy hopefully they can release it someday yeah and uh speaking of getting rid of the good uh (laughs) redfall has announced that they are launching on xbox consoles with quality mode only being available at launch performance mode is being added at a later date what does this mean 
it means that we are getting 4K 30 frames per second on Xbox Series X and 1440p at 33 frames per second on Xbox Series S. Well, that's not great. Um, not great. Yeah, for uh, I think especially for a first-person shooter because they're so much more responsive and like I feel like the bare minimum these days for a first-person shooter is 60 frames per yeah. second. So that is definitely a concern and yeah questions whether they should have just delayed the game and and made the game correctly from the get-go well it also brings up questions where it's like this is supposed to release 2022 you know what i mean like yeah so and this, is, this is more of an industry sort of question and not necessarily an arcane question because arcane's been killing it actually right. but you know, you're absolutely right. Where it's like, this is you guys were originally shooting for 2022. Now, say I say you guys, this very well probably executives above them, but it's like, what product were you planning on delivering? Because, yeah, I don't know. I I think my personal sort of headcan for this is maybe they got, maybe there is some oversight. Arcane usually makes like really good looking, really visually distinct immersive sims, so maybe they were just kind of used to that and we're optimizing it in that sort of way but like dan you're right like this is a first person shooter not only that this is a co-op first person shooter right uh which apparently is inspired by things like borderlands and and uh stuff like that so um definitely definitely should be shooting for that 60 frames um in an action oriented game um not to mention first person shooter so i don't i don't necessarily think it was done in any sort of with any sort of malice or like oh we we think it's this is better in 30 frames i just think that maybe they were kind of just used to making those immersive sims that play a bit slower and that are single player and all that but um yeah no definitely not ideal i i think that the outside of getting the game gold whatever that means nowadays i think that that should be their next uh priority is coming up with a uh performance mode because that's definitely gonna affect review scores for sure It's sad. I and like I used to be on the side of like 30 frames doesn't bother me. But now I've been playing so much. I've been playing so much this generation that there's very little that I've played. That's not 60 frames per second that it's jarring to go to something that's 30 frames per second because it, it it's definitely noticeable at that jump, uh, especially when I'm playing Halo Infinite's multiplayer at 120 frames per second, and then I jump right. to 30 frames per second. I'm like, okay, this feels like I'm freaking like dragging through mud, like in comparison. For sure. I, I mean, as a as a full blown PC snob, I will say like the difference between 60 and 120 is noticeable, but it's not it's not make or break. The difference right. between 30 and 60 is absolutely night and day. And I, I honestly think that if you sat down anyone, gamer or not gamer, or even like your grandma, if you sat them down side by side and you had a TV split down the middle and you had a moving image 30 frames on one side, 60, like that is noticeable. Yeah. That is absolutely noticeable. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think 60 frames, I, I, I thought it would have been the standard for this generation. It's kind of upsetting that it's not. You know what? Bring Grandma Warner to episode 200 and she can keep, test it. Keep, let me tell you something right now. And I've never been more sure of anything in my life. You need to keep Grandma Warner away from me and Chris. <laughs> you need to keep her a, as far away as possible. Oh my goodness. And let's just leave it at that. Absolutely. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
Jeez, Louise. Uh, I definitely see the the difference between 60 and, and 30, especially recently. I was definitely one of those guys back in the day. I was like, I don't see the difference. And then yeah. I played and I saw the difference and I could I could see it now for sure. Um, but I'm still in the camp where it's not a it's not a deal breaker for me. Obviously, I agree with both of you that this should be the norm now with how far technology has gotten. 60 frames should just be how games run these days. But when I saw this, I was like, that sucks for everybody who cares because I, yeah. I just don't. <laughs> it's like, it's that's that's all right. It's, it's a 30 frames per second. Game. And, and I think it, it may be because of the type of games that I play where I'm just maybe not seeing 60 frames as often as the average gamer is maybe. Mm. So it just doesn't affect me yeah. as much. But it's yeah. I think that's games. an important part. It's all because, like Nintendo it, games. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, but no, but so even true. like even like a racing game at 30 frames, like a racing yeah. game at 30 frames is doable. Like yeah. that to me, that's like, okay, like, yeah, you're going to have motion blur or whatever. But like I could, if I wanted to switch Forza to quality mode and kind of just gawk yeah. at the beauty of it. But and Last of Us, Last of Us Part 1, I played, I, I yes. played that at 30 frames just because the quality mode was like, holy fuck, I'm playing with the cutscene models. This is insane. But first person shooter like totally different ball game totally different yeah. ball game even even just the difference between third person and first person honestly is just like if you want to turn around you're going to want to be able to do that without the screen kind of smudging and blurring so i think it definitely definitely um detent, like it, it matters a lot on what type of games that you normally play mm. but i think there's i think that i think that maybe there might be some people thinking that it's not going to bother them and they jump mm. into it and they're like oh this doesn't and they might not even be able to put two and two together but there's something about a first-person shooter that at, at 30 frames that I don't think is going to go over well with people. And to your point, yeah. The Last of Us Part 1, when that came out on PS4, the remaster, I I played, I tried to play it again. That was my, the first time I had tried to play again since the PS4 launch. And I was like, I can't even play this because like the 60 frames per second was so jarring for me. Like it felt it felt fake, I guess because the original was 30 and it felt more cinematic. So I didn't yes. even, I didn't even, I played a little bit yeah. of it on PS4 and then I was like, nah. So that's why I only ever played yeah. the it, PS3 It's version. like when, it's like when people on Twitter like up the the frames per second for like an old animated show and it's like, this looks mm. terrible. Why would yeah. you do this? Right. And it just looked better when it was 12 frames per second or whatever. But I, I, I agree. Like when Destiny went 60 frames per second and I made that jump, it's like, this is insane. This is a crazy difference and it's probably because i just didn't know the difference i was playing it's 30 frames per second since i was on the ps3 um but I, I i think i can say that i would still play destiny in 30 frames per second and have a good time but yeah i i, I see what you guys are saying it's probably just the type of games that i'm into that it's not a big factor for me right yeah sure. all right let's move into our fantasy draft check-in fantasy critic we don't have any releases this week. However, I do have a little bit of news. Forza Horizon 5 Rally Adventure has fallen to a 79. Oh, no. So, unfortunately, it's uh, 79. I'm only at nine points for it. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get over it. Uh, the, next game, <laughs> the next game we have coming up is Minecraft Legends coming from Gage, and it is coming next week. I would imagine we'll have reviews by this time next week, as well as Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores DLC, which comes out a week from today. We'll probably have both of those updates for you next. So, nice. moving on from there, what you got for me, Daniel? I have finished 
Yes, finished. Resident Evil 4 Remake. This is the year of me completing games for once. Uh, but man, this game is so freaking good. It's unbelievable. Like the original Resident Evil 4 was my favorite Resident Evil of all time. It was probably my top 15 games of all time if I had to rank them. Uh, I, I don't know what I would rank it off the top of my head, <laughs> but Resident Evil 4 Remake clearly and absolutely unequivocally replaces the original game on my top 15 games of all time. This game is so freaking good. It feels so good. It looks so good. It plays so well. It say, stays very, uh, um, you know, close to the vest of what the original was like it keeps the main story beats the same while still changing the other stuff like the puzzles many of the puzzles are different and like the surrounding elements around the game are different like i, I just love that they pieced all this together while still making it feel brand new and like some of the things they expanded on like luis they expanded on quite a bit i love that um one of the missions that i i vaguely talked about last week i won't talk about spoilerly but was like really cool what they did with it um and yes i i just love this remake it it feels so good and capcom thank you for bringing us back because we were all so worried after resident <laughs> evil 6 and that game was terrible uh so they really Biggest turnaround in history, I think, after Resident Evil 6. Um, but what a banger of a game. So fun. And I this legitimately might be a game where I completed it, and I might go back in and play another playthrough right away. Like, that's how much nice. fun I had with it. Yes. Love so, those types of games. Yeah. New Game Plus, maybe. But we'll see. I may not f finish that because Star Wars <sighs> comes out soon. Uh, and, yeah. Time. but anywho Ro what you got for me speaking of time I didn't play anything oh nothing <laughs> didn't play anything this week <laughs> you played with all of our hearts I True. did I'm sorry you do that every day <laughs> oh my gosh yeah Dan this is the year of completing games for you this is the year where I completed one game and stopped oh it's like that's it for <laughs> I beat what game was, well, it? What was your one game well I beat I beat Tales of Arise as well, but that was twenty a twenty twenty one game, I think. But the only game from this year that I beat was Hi Fi Rush, oh. and everything else I'm still in the middle of playing. Um, I guess Lightfall counts, I guess if you want to yeah. <laughs> count it. But uh, yeah, Hi Fi Rush was that's that's all I played so far. What a banger um, of a game! What a banger game though. If that's the only game that I played that year, I'll I'll take it a, take it as a win. But yeah, that's that's all. I mean, that's yeah, that's it. Nothing. I didn't play anything <laughs> this week. Yeah, hopefully I'll have something to report next week, though. That's fair. Fair. Gage, what you got for me? Daniel, I've got a whole lot of not very much for you. I, <laughs> I chipping away, <laughs> chipping away at Resident Evil Four. Uh, mm. I think I'm on chapter ten or eleven, something like that. You still got so many more good moments. So. I know, I know, I know. Which is great. I love how much content's in this game. And I love how much... I am really, again, we've talked about this before. Maybe it's because I'm getting older or just the 40-hour work weeks and working full-time. But, like, the semi-open world games, like the sort of hub world, sort of God of War type games, they are just hitting for me right now. Because it's like, okay, 
depending on the play session and how and how long I've been sitting down, it's like, okay, I can just I know this is the way to forward that's gonna mm. progress the mission. Or I can go to these three rooms, which very clearly are bonus stuff. Like I just kind of mm. like that it's that perfect balance between a linear game and an open world game. And I, I absolutely love it. I, I have I cannot recommend Resident Evil 4 remake enough. It's fantastic. Gage it is an awesome game. Have you bought have you bought the uh, RPG yet in RE4 remake? I've not. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I kind of cheesed the final boss <laughs> by accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so should I buy the RPG? <laughs> yeah. I saved okay. I literally bought the RPG like midway through the game because I'm like, at some point I'm gonna need this. And then I got to the final boss and I was like, I guess I'll use this. I haven't used it like yet. And then I used it and literally killed him in one shot. So do you only get one shot with the RPG? <laughs> yes. One time through the whole campaign, you get to use the okay. RPG. So yeah. I'm kind of glad I didn't buy it because I would have been like, oh, this is neat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would have I, I used it. And that's that's that, that's my thing. As soon as I buy a new gun. I'm, uh, yeah. OK, so I will keep that in mind. I, but I've been. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I will say I was a little sad that I cheesed it. So maybe I don't recommend doing that because like I did miss out on the boss battle because I just killed him right away. That's fine. I'll do it. That's fine. Because okay. uh the fine, you know, what's funny is that the final boss, the final boss battles in any Resident Evil games are the ones I don't enjoy. No, oh. looking back at Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three, the final boss battles are always the ones that go on for just a bit too long, and I'm okay. By the yeah. time they, by the time I beat the boss and the, the credits roll, I'm kind of grumpy because of how long it took. So this sounds perfect. I will buy that RPG. Oh, stay after the credits too. We'll see. Oh, what do you mean? We'll see. It's we'll see. The Resident Evil cinematic universe. Yeah. Got us. No, man, you said that and I I I had like an up truck almost. Oh come on. I don't come care. On. The I RCU? No. The RC <laughs> No. No. The R E C R E R E C U. No. Aside from that, what else have I been playing? Nothing. Pretty much nothing. Call of Duty. Season three dropped today. Jumped back into that. Actually, quite a bit of, um, quite a bit of updates for DMZ. So maybe we should jump into that. Heck yeah, down. Play Resident Evil Four Remake is the point of this. Yes. Hmm. So good. Well, we're gonna so have to good. do. We're gonna have to do a game of the year so far list here soon. Yes, I uh, put Hi-Fi Rush. On Hi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Next week, Coffee Talk Two is coming out, though. Oh. Definitely gonna play that. Hell yeah. And it's on Game Pass, so you don't even have to spend any money. Is that in your fantasy money. critic? Not no, it's not actually. Oh. Maybe I should put it in there. Yeah. But no, it's not. Yeah. Buy it. Buy it, you know. Get I'm it not, Saturday. I might do that. I might do that. All right. Moving into our topic of the show. This will be interesting <laughs> with only <laughs> me actually seeing the movie, but here we go. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Super Mario Brothers movie reviews. But before we get there, it is setting some records, guys. Uh, It is the biggest opening day ever for a video game adaptation in the U.S., the biggest opening day ever for an animated film in 11-plus markets, the second biggest opening day ever in, in Central America behind Avengers Endgame, insane, 
And also, it is, you know, oh, by the way, the biggest five-day opening for an animated movie ever. Jesus. $368 million worldwide. Woo! Crazy. Or Absolutely insane. (laughs) Uh, There was a, I'm trying to find uh, this tweet that somebody said about the records that were being broken here. I'm just pretty funny. I don't know if I'm going to find it. Oh, I, I believe, Gosh, I believe that everyone's looking at you right now I and believe. they think that you're lying. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, if I, I'll, I'll just ad lib what I remember of it, but, uh, like, uh, God damn it. Um, <laughs> the, what studios are going to take from this is, yeah. is let's make a Pac-Man movie right away and not put effort into it is what, what they, oh. what I think the, the tweet was instead of, what the takeaway is that people like video games put and people like movies, put those two together and make it good and put some heart into it. And you, you got a lot of money in your hands and you got something that video game fans will enjoy. And I hope that's what people take away from it. And we get more video game adaptations like a Zelda or I don't know, whatever, whatever else you want under the sun and it's done well. And we don't get these trashy video game adaptations that we've gotten for so long. Um, but we've seen to be turning a, t- a corner recently with Sonic and Pokemon and Cyberpunk Edge Runners and Castlevania and all that kind of the stuff. Last of Us, the la- exactly. Last of Us is huge. Yeah, so, Halo yeah, TV it, series. It, yeah. Ex- <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, it's. It, I'm glad that it's doing so well. But I just hope that uh, the people running these animation companies don't get the wrong idea and start rushing out video game adaptations because they see the big money signs. Um, but that very well may happen where we start getting stuff like pixels again or whatever that Adam Sandler movie oh, was. Yes. God. That is, that is what we'll ha- I mean, what will actually happen is both of those things, right? Because True. it, it yeah. all depends on the people signing the checks and whether or not they care. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, yeah. And, and then, which is unfortunate because you, your, your favorite IP that you're waiting to be adapted, you have no control over which, which one of these, which one it is handed to, <laughs> right? So True. it's like, like um dan and i obviously disagree on the halo tv show but it's like if if halo had went to hbo and the last of us had went to paramount we could have been having a whole different conversation i don't entirely disagree with you there i agree with you on that point absolutely yes so that's the that's the one thing that kind of sucks about this because i'm overall i'm excited i like seeing uh i know that the hater boy himself isn't here i like seeing adaptations i like seeing uh stuff from the video games that I'm able to share with people that don't play video games. I like that personally. And I'm very excited about that. I'm just, there's a little bit of Russian roulette where it's like, well, I, who, let's see where my favorite IP is going to end up because it's fair. If everything goes, if, if every, if every video game that the three of us were excited about went to HBO, I'm sure none of us would have any issues, but who knows where it's going to end up. So, um, but yeah. overall I'm excited. I'm excited for this. I like that video game adaptations are doing well and I would love, I, who wouldn't want to see a Red Dead Redemption HBO series? Are you kidding? That'd yeah. be fucking amazing. That's, Jack Black was saying the exact same thing, believe yep. it or not. He was like, I want a Resident, or not a Resident, uh, Red Dead uh, movie because after seeing The Last of Us or something like that. Yeah, that would be, be awesome, rad. dude. That would be so great. And now, yeah. obviously, it depends on the creators, but like even HBO is going through a change process right now with changing their name, and who knows what that's going to encompass. Is that going to make right. HBO less uh, 
of a name because of that? Like, is the quality going to go down because they're, you know, essentially becoming a bigger conglomerate? Hopefully not. Uh, but like even just saying HBO may not mean anything in a few years. That's a very good point. That is a really good point because they are, um, what's, what is the, what's the head honcho of that company? Is it Warner? Yes. They're combining Warner. discovery okay, so, and HBO. Yeah. Right. So that, that's the thing. HBO has, uh, has been an excellent network because, mm-hmm because the executives in charge happen to give a shit that's the only reason hbo is good they they put money into their projects because like you have things like like amc i always use this example the walking dead the core puzzle pieces of the walking dead season one and two everyone in front of the camera everyone behind the camera fucking excellent but the executives in charge didn't give a shit so that's the only reason why hbo currently to this day like all the way from the mid 90s to today is so good is because the executives actually do maybe not care, but know what it takes to like actually get the the final product that they want. So that's a very good point, Dan, because um, they're not obviously they are not owned. HBO is not owned by HBO. HBO is part of a larger company. So that's a very good point. Hopefully that trend doesn't uh, continue because honestly, I've I'm we're honestly, I think we're already starting to see that with um, house of the dragon and last of us, which are both really good relative to other TV shows, but um, definitely seem a bit, rushed a bit rushed yes and they just announced that the house of the dragon season two is going to have eight episodes which is two less than normal and one less Mm. than season one and i'm i'm getting worried that we're kind of that they're maybe feeling the pressure from other companies but assuming that doesn't happen yeah this is this is nothing but good news and i love seeing celebrities uh like like rashan said like jack black being super passionate about this too because there is a lot of overlap and as i mentioned earlier the kieran culkin hot ones interview like He's obviously a, a established actor, but yeah, there's a lot of people that could sort of use their star power to bring these sort of passion projects to light. And I, I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. Dude, Jack Black is a national treasure. That man yes, is, he is amazing. Uh, and speaking of him, uh, fans on Twitter are noticing that one song from the Super Mario Brothers movie lines up perfectly with a scene that leads to speculation that it was cut and replaced at the last minute. I I led that in with Jack Black because he has an amazing song in Super Mario Brothers, not to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Is it a musical? Is Mario the movie a musical? Yeah. No. Okay, good. It's absolutely not. But Jack Black is Jack Black, so absolutely he has (laughs) a song in it. (laughs) <laughs> that's fair but uh, as soon as you said he's got his own song i was like fuck does everybody have their own song no, does mario no, have no, sing no, a song no, when he no. gets chris pratt's reds no singing not like right belted out show tunes no no not like that but okay, good. uh this news story um the Mario movie track Driving Me Bananas beautifully adapts the DK Donkey Kong Country theme and Don- Donkey Kong Island swing for the big screen. Truly wonderful work by Brian Tyler Music and Koji Kondo. Now imagine if Nintendo slash Illumination brought David Wise on board to help compose for the DK movie. So interesting. Uh, somebody followed up with this and said it had to be it had to have been a last minute decision that this track was literally tailor made for the scene. And I, I'm not going to spoil the scene or anything, but there was no reason why it needed to be replaced with. Should I say the song that it was replaced with or do you want me to leave that out? 
I know what the song is called. I don't know if Gage cares, though. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bit. Okay. So if you don't want to hear this, move on. But uh, about 10 seconds. But uh, Take On Me is the song they decided to use in this scene, which it worked fine when I watched it. I thought it was kind of a cool moment. But when I came back and saw this after I saw the movie, I was like, yeah, that's kind of disappointing because this track bangs. And like, obviously, original music is way cooler especially when it harpens back to the the games um, of Donkey Kong. Uh, I would much prefer having that than a just a, you know, a, a, an established uh, song that already right. know, is out there. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That was just one disappointing thing from the movie. But. Ooh. Our reviews, guys. I don't know how we're going to do reviews. Our reviews. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. A three and a wow. half. Wow. OK. That's all right. <laughs> based on absolutely <laughs> based <laughs> on wait, literally nothing. Wait, is it is that Christian talking? <laughs> no, no, it's me. Uh, hey, guys, want to get want to take gummies and giggle? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I could talk about my review and then you guys could just talk about whatever you would like, because obviously you guys haven't seen it. Uh, this was a, a gaffe on, I guess. Yes, that's fair. We should. Yeah, we should explain. We thought Christian this was, was going to be yes, here, in this which case a, we'd have two people to bicker. I will. This. I will take 100 percent ownership in this gaffe. I completely forgot that Christian uh, was not going to be here this week. And of course, Christian suggested this segment as the topic of the show. <laughs> Dan, and I was like, don't yeah, beat yourself you know, up. that's fine. I'm going to do that. And then, yeah, I've only, I'm the only one who's seen it. But anyway, anywho. All right. So harping back to our conversation last week, we were talking about, you know, story and like how important it is and. I know I get Christian's side of things like he wants to have an incredible story every time. And I'm not saying that I, I think that writers should settle for something less than incredible storytelling and writing and such. My thing was, but even before watching the movie, and it still reigns true after seeing it, is this movie illustrates perfectly what Mario is like this movie literally is a beautiful adaptation of what mario is mario has never hit me hard in terms of storytelling or anything like that the characters are awesome of course like they all have their own personalities and everything but the, like you know let's face it every single mario game princess peach is in trouble let's go get her like that's essentially what the mario story is stories are and i think that the movie i think the movie definitely had a more interesting story than that but like it is a very base level story for movies. So I get where Christian's coming from when he says that. I just when I compare it to the Mario IP, it doesn't bother me as much because I'm like, this is what I expected out of this. But again, as we talked about all this whole movie is packed full of Easter eggs and uh, cool music and amazing references and everything in between. And that's the part of this movie that makes it really like interesting and, and good. Uh, I don't think there was anything in this movie that I absolutely uh, like loved, adored, like this um, incredible like experience or anything like that. I think this movie was very I think it was good. I enjoyed it. All of those reasons why I just said the Easter eggs and such were just such cool moments to, to experience. 
Um, I do think the story was lacking a bit, even with it being a base level story. Uh, I think that the performances were absolutely incredible. Uh, Jack Black, absolutely fantastic. My, Keegan Michael Key as Toad was awesome. Uh, and even like Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt did a great job. Like, you know, we were questioning it, or I was questioning it on the first you know, trailer that we listened to because we didn't, we just got the little peek, but then we heard the next one and I was like, all right, this is fine. I don't see why people are complaining about this and watching the movie. Like, I think he did a fantastic job. There's also some really cool voice Easter eggs that I'm not going to spoil, but I think were awesome. Uh, and there's multiple, uh, and, yeah, it, it, this movie just wraps all of my nostalgia and, and love of Mario into a really cool experience. Uh, and yeah, it, yeah, I, I don't have anything negative in terms of like, yeah, performances, I think, were the, the biggest highlight for me. Um, even I, I, her name escapes me. The one who's, who voices Peach, uh, Anna? Anya, uh, not Anya. Is it Anya? Anya Taylor-Joy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did a great job as well. Um, so yeah, the, the only one that <laughs> I'll probably get some hate for this, but the only one I'm a little iffy about in terms of performances is Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Mm. I felt like it didn't. I felt like it didn't necessarily fit. I thought it was fine, but like certain moments, like it got it's it just got really jarring for me because I don't want to spoil anything for you guys. So like it's. <laughs> it's tough for me to say this without saying it, but like essentially it sounded too much like Seth Rogen, which is the point because Seth Rogen doesn't do voices. He said multiple times he doesn't do voices because they went to him and they were like, Hey, if you do this, you got to just be, you know, I'm just going to be myself because I don't do voices. So I think that's the biggest jarring thing for me going into this movie was like, all right, that's just Seth Rogen. This isn't, you know, and that was, that was a big reason as to why people were, uh, skeptical on chris pratt because at first it just sounded yeah. like chris pratt talking right so i can see why that that may have been i mean again donkey kong doesn't have you an iconic voice like mario does he doesn't usually talk yeah. so but still it, it's i i imagine it was weird just hearing seth rogan's voice come out of donkey kong for the first time when he does have a voice he sounds like seth rogan yes yeah, yeah it, it was just a little jarring like i think seth was fine performance wise but i just i don't know it just didn't quite mesh for me in that regard mm -hmm. But I don't know. Uh, so I think overall, I'd give it an eight out of ten. I thought it was good. Um, nice. Good start. But again, like they can't just keep the base layer, you know, store. It has to evolve from here for me to keep being interested in more movies, I think. Do you think we'll, based on. Oh, sorry. Sorry. What? Oh, I think I said it'll be right back. Oh, OK. I think. Um, but based on what you saw, did you do you think we're gonna we're gonna get more Mario movies or Nintendo? Oh, absolutely, yes, yes. Yeah. that's exciting. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Hell yeah, yeah. And make sure that's you stay exciting. for the mid credit scene and yes, post and post credits and post credit scene. Okay, yes. this 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 post credit scene isn't a freaking. Uh, which movie was that? I mean, Doctor Strange had a pretty crappy one too. Uh, <laughs> Multiverse of Madness. But there's the one, one where it's like, trailer? no, there was there was one with like the one that I'm I just brought up was uh was like the guy who got punched in the face and he at the end is like it's like it's over 
it's finally over. And everyone was like, the hell is this? But there was one with Captain America specifically that I remember seeing as like, wow, I stayed for that. Is that is that the kind of post credit scene that we're getting? Or is like, wow, that that hypes me up. It's absolutely worth staying for. I'll okay. say that. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. I, it's not like a gag or anything. So I will or say even like, if it is, it, it's a worth worthy gag. Everyone in my theater got up after the, the credits started rolling and they started getting their things. The po- the um, mid credit scene played and everyone like stopped what they were doing and looked sat back down. And then <laughs> no, they looked, oh. watched it and that finished and it went back to the normal credits. Everyone cleared out. Everyone mm. cleared out. Almost everyone. There was a select few left. I looked it up on my phone because I hadn't looked to see uh, if there was a another credit scene while my nieces and nephew and my mom and my sister were all getting and my brother were all getting up to leave. They all went out to the lobby. I pulled it up on my phone, still standing there in the theater like I'm like one of the only ones left. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, shit, there is a scene. I ran down the tunnel and I was like, no, come back. There's still another scene. I got all of them back in there and it was it was totally worth it. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Nice. So Okay, cool. Good. Yeah. It's good to know. I'm excited. I'm hopefully going to see it uh, this weekend. Heck yeah. I hope. But yeah, I I look forward to it. I look forward to the potential, as you said, for more movies in the Nintendo universe. If it's by Illumination. I guess that's okay because they're really pretty. I would love it if other studios got got a opportunity to take a crack at it to potentially give it more uh story yeah um but at the very least uh, it's going to be a pretty movie based on this one and that's a that's another great point like illumination is very much a kid's studio like they make kids stories not to say that a kid's story can't be like complex but like it's aimed at little kids like that's what the target audience is i feel like and illumination uh, more than than most uh, animated studios is like yes minions yes secret life of pets like super super Absolutely. even more kids than the Disney and the DreamWorks and stuff yes so yes I agree with you I think it would be cool to see um, more studios get a chance at uh, although I will say illumination did a fantastic job with the animation and the art style visual visually it was yeah. phenomenal definitely. Can't wait. Can't wait. Heck yeah. Eight out of ten from Dan. Eight out of ten. Gage, are you gonna watch it? Yes, probably. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, uh I don't think he was I don't think he was talking to us. I heard uh, <laughs> uh you have anything else you wanna say about Super Mario Brothers movie before we close out the show? Do you have any questions for me, Ray? as hmm. me being someone who's seen the expert, it. yes um the the post credit one was my 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 big one that's fair and you answered the question about the potential of more movies after yes. that that's fair um i don't know if i have have any more do you have like a i don't know a favorite part of the movie that wouldn't be super spoilery like you could say like the because I know it's in the movie, like the the cart ride or yeah. the Smash Brothers area with Donkey Kong, like, but maybe not without spoiling. I guess yeah. it might be hard. <laughs> it's hard without spoiling it. I will say one of my favorite moments was with Mario and Peach together, kind of for the first time. Uh, not necessarily the first, like the first meeting of them, but like, 
the first time that they were kind of doing something together. Uh, okay. I thought that was really cool. And then like there was one really cool moment in the uh, near the beginning of the movie, um, which again, I'm not going to spoil it with Mario and Luigi that I freaking loved. It was so cool. And yeah, I can't wait till you see it so we can talk about it. But uh, just how it was cinematically like framed. Um, that's the best way I can describe it without spoiling it was so cool to see on screen um so yeah uh, very cool stuff i'm i'm excited for you for you to see it bro i think you'll like it. yeah i'm excited to see it too heck yeah all right guys all right well anything else before i close it out that's it. i think that's it okay that is it Thank you again to everyone joining us live on YouTube and Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Of course, Kirik and Glenn, thank you guys for joining us. And thank you, Ro. And thank you, Gage. Christian will return next week. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love, and keep on gaming. See ya. Adios. <laughs>